Building Men is brought to you by Finish the Race Apparel, ftrapparel.com, the creators of all things Building Men, and by Become Stronger Industries, become-stronger.com, the creators of handmade steel maces, hammers, and other badass equipment. The common workspace is high stress. You're under shitty lighting. You're not getting sunlight. You're not getting activity. BDNF goes up when you take walks and eat healthy food. Like, but the average American walks less than 20 minutes a day. You're listening to the Building Men Podcast with Dennis and Anthony Miralda, brothers on a mission to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. The Meralda Minute is brought to you by Corona Premier. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about liminal moments. A liminal moment is a period of transition between tasks. These transitions of attention are dangerous. Often without realizing it, they create uncertainty and anxiety and push you towards the false haven of distraction. Think about a liminal moment when you are in the grocery store online and you don't have anything to do. So you pick up your phone and you start scrolling or you're at a stoplight and you have 33 seconds before the light turns green. So what do you do? You pick up your phone and you start scrolling. Or if you're out somewhere and someone that you're with takes a phone call or has to text message someone, you pick up your phone and you start scrolling. So what I'm going to ask you to do when you feel those moments coming up, think about what you're feeling right before that moment, and then take a deep breath and count to 10. See if you still have the urge to pick up your phone and start scrolling. I have a, a Darth Vader mug and I'm drinking strong coffee. Right oh, now. excellent. So I'm, I have, so you sent me very graciously a sample pack. I have the, the instant coffee. I love the instant coffee. And then I have the, what is this, I the did not breaker? send you anything. Well, well you, your, your, you your company I have, did. I have a really great guy, yeah. Caleb, who is doing an incredible job. I created that product. I started this company. And if this would have been a year ago, I would have been sending it to you. Right. Um, so it's like, it's kind of, I just want to make sure that credit is yeah. credit due. Um, or my wife sent it to you. It was one of the two. So, uh, and I'm, I'm stoked that it happened. And uh, yeah, man, what do you think about it? I love it. And I'm a, I like strong coffee. And it, I, the fact no, wait, that there you was like no- coffee that's strong. Before tasting this, I like coffee that's strong, right? And right. then, and, and then, like and it's so it's interesting. I'm a Caleb Fawson was on the podcast episode 150, July 1st. I called it the walk on mentality. I talked to this guy, I loved him, I loved him right away, yeah. loved everything he was about. And my thing is, once a week, I take one day and I just reach out to people, people that I've connected via the podcast. And I'm like, hey man, thinking about you, love what you're doing. Let me know if there's anything that I could do to support you. And I do this from time to time. And Caleb was on this rotation. And once a month, I'll send him a quick message like, hey, man, how you been thinking about you? Hope all is well. Let me know if you need anything. And he sends me something back. Dennis, he's like, thanks so much for thinking about me, man. He's like, do you like coffee? And I was like, I do. I do like coffee. And he goes, do you want to do you want to try some strong coffee? And I said, yeah, dude, that'd be great. I love it. And then that's when he introduced me to what you were doing because I'm actually working with this guy, Adam, and he's like total fucking badass. And and I guess Caleb sent it along and I'm I'm drinking the um the instant black coffee right now. My kids have tried the lattes, the 
the blue, what is it, the Daybreaker and the Morning Fix. And they love it too. And I don't know if my kids should be drinking it. They're 15, 17. And my, my youngest is not. She's I mean, dude, it's better than it's better than fucking Adderall. Absolutely. And the fucking like, monsters and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's better than any of that other dog shit. Like, and at least they're getting quality nutrition. You know, there's, I mean, like, that's like, I mean, I mean, dude, like, that's kind of like where it began. I mean, yeah. I was, I was 12, 13 years old. And, you know, uh, my kind of like my whole family life dichotomy changed my parents. uh, We always had like foster kids or like foreign exchange students. But one day we adopt a kid and with a lot of needs. Right. And, you know, uh, paraplegic, almost a full quad. Wow. And my mom was his nurse full time. Kid was in the hospital for a year and a half. His name is Donye. He's my brother. I mean, like it's 20, you know, it's, it's been my, since that way, since 12, you know, and um, when I was younger, I'd have kind of like resentment towards him, but also like a positive mentality. Cause like I knew better as like a very young kid that he had less and I had more. And, uh, but his presence Uh, brought the presence of others into my life that gave me tools and knowledge at a very young age and fueled my uh, natural inclination toward, you know, like towards like fitness and health and wellness performance. Um, A couple of things happen, you know, so Donnie gets adopted. These nurses are coming in the house, a couple of female nurses, a couple of male nurses. The two male nurses are both, you know, and this took me way longer, like when I was older to like understand kind of how this all happened, like how, how did I become so different than anybody else in my family? And it was like the influence that these people had on me. Cause like I, I saw, I, 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 I sought other information from other men because right. like my dad's relationship wasn't that great. Cause he was physical and he, you know, he down talked me a lot. And, you know, he called me an idiot or, you know, like things like this. And so I like thought like other men had better information and these kind of men, these came into my life. It was really fascinating. So, you know, so we, we adopt Donye. And then at the same time, um, you know, these two male nurses, one of one, both entrepreneurs, one, a firefighter, former Marine, uh, and, you know, and a nurse. So he's like two things, but he's also like a day trader. And he was like, really like, he like invested in like bars and stuff and like other things that, you know, he was interested in. Um, And then the other guy was like a nurse and a carpet cleaner. And they were both working, you know, for a while. And they like, really like there, there was like, obviously there was interactions, but then like my uncle Bill died and I, I remember like so vividly, I'm like at his funeral and this like kind of disheveled attorney, you know, he presents himself as an attorney then, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like the guy looks, you know, all like, you know, and he's like, are you Adam? You know? And I'm like, yeah, uh, Adam Rothfelder. And I'm like, yep. He's like, your uncle Bill, he's got something for you in his will. And I was like, what? You know I mean? It's like my great uncle Bill. I mean, he's like 83 years old. I'm 12, you know? And uh, they were my like Chicago family. And he leaves me like this rusty barbell set. 
And like this old school, like thin barbell steel with like the cast iron plates that are all like rusty. You got to like screw it in from the side. Yes. You got to screw it on with a little wrench and a a milk crate with like all the weights, you know, probably like 85 pounds of weights, you know, 95 pounds of weights total across all the weights. And, you know, we, I bring it home and I steal my sister's Reebok stair stepper and I start working out in my bedroom uh because like my house was like crazy it was like super hectic and i was right i'm like trying to like build focus because at the same time i am a kid taking adderall right i'm i'm prescribed it very young i was told i needed it you need this yeah you're fucking hyperactive like stop tapping your feet stop doing this like just you know get better grades, you know, like whatever it was. I just didn't like this. Sh- I didn't know this shit was interesting to me. And I generally felt more interested in kind of watching the teacher and like, almost like feeling them out and like thinking like, Oh, these people are like, you know, this person's like a smoker or like this and that, like, I'm like very young, like kind of like psychologically, like trying right. to like break people down versus like listening to their silly, you know, math lesson or something that I'm not really generally interested in. And so at that young age, I, you know, I'm working out and both of these male nurses bring like stacks of muscle magazines to me. And, uh, cause they see me like working out my, in, in my, in my room, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and the one guy that's like a carpet cleaner, he's like actually like a competitive bodybuilder, like, and you know, he was like, he was jacked. Right. And my cousin, Tony, he was a, he was a bodybuilder and he like came and stayed with me like during like this journey sometimes around like 13, I had like mono and he like wrote me out like a meal plan. It was just kind of like this like progression of thought, but at a very young age, I'm doing a paper route and I asked my dad if I could get coffee. And instead of, instead of taking Adderall that day, I started, I drank coffee and I noticed that it kind of like felt in a very similar manner. I mean, previously to that, like the, my greatest caffeine experience is a soda, right. you know? So, I mean, Celsius and things like that bullshit didn't exist for like, a, you know, you see 12 year old kids now walking up and just cracking open, you know, a Celsius. And you're like, whoa, um, there's so many better things that you could be consuming that would give you like greater like focus and direction versus just like pure caffeine. And that's when in one of these muscle magazines that I got, not only did I learn how to lift weights, but they had like really smart shit, like very like interesting articles in some of these magazines that were very scientific based. And one of them was on amino acids and using L-theanine and L-tryptophan to counteract the negative effects of caffeine. And by raising other neurochemicals that help level out the experience of, you know, the norepinephrine kind of like adrenaline dump that you get from coffee, where like, if you elevate serotonin and dopamine, right, you can basically like offset the negative effects that people can experience with coffee, like the jitters or the crash, which is also just going to give you like greater focus, which is why like Japanese people love matcha and like people in america come to love matcha as well because of the caffeine and l-theanine ratio within matcha 
is pretty good, but like you have to drink like a lot of matcha for it to like really give you the mental right. benefits. So really it's just like, it started at that young age where I'm like making this coffee concoction where I'm literally putting L-theanine and L-tryptophan by the age of like 13 into coffee. And I'm drinking coffee in the morning and I stopped taking Adderall. Did and you notice a difference in school then? Did you notice that you were able to focus on a deeper level? Oh, dude, totally. And the, the, the big thing is, is that I was able to eat. So between freshman year and sophomore year, I gained 65 pounds. I was a 99 pound freshman. I came in sophomore year at like a hundred and like 65 pounds. I mean, I was like jacked. You're like that milk commercial. Oh, dude. That was drinking yeah. the milk between freshman and sophomore year. I, it was like, boom. Like yeah. all of a sudden people were like, dude, Adam got jacked. Yeah. Right. And I, uh, I mean, I had a six pack, you know, I was like, it was like a, like a whole different level of who I was. I was working out at a gym by that point. I was still doing my paper out. So I was walking like four or five miles a day, like after school up until like my sophomore year where I had like a, a sling literally with like, you know, three, 400 papers. Like, you know, <laughs> and meanwhile, you're throwing the papers your sophomore year and it's going through the front door because you're <laughs> <fucking trying. laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and I was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fascinating when I stopped taking Adderall. I mean, and I'm drinking coffee. I I'm working out, I'm eating protein. I'm really like, by sophomore year, I read Barry Sears, The Zone, which like that diet, like totally influenced my frame of thought and how blocks of protein and carbohydrates and fats are like essential during like certain times of the day. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been kind of like a passion since like a young age and a necessity. I mean, once I felt like I even had that focus, like I started doing more things like cognitive development. Like I was teaching myself how to juggle when I was like 14 years old to try to learn how to focus my left and right brain. Right. Yeah, you you know? hear things like that. Like people, instead of brushing your teeth with your right hand, use your left hand because you're accessing a different part of your brain with something that you should just know how to do very simply. And it just, it, it spurs on a lot of cognitive growth and development. So for kids that are listening right now, or parents of kids that are listening, good ideas they're absolutely so here's the thing so we just met 15 minutes ago right and my background is i was a middle school principal so you were getting sent out of class to come see me you were in my office my grandmother used to call them like a scutch they're in class and they're like fidgety they're not paying attention or whatever i used to love having conversations with the kids be like mr Miralda. It was so it was so boring in there. Like I couldn't I couldn't concentrate. It was it was bullshit in the class. I didn't want to learn about, you know, the the capitals of every Spanish speaking country. So I would sit and I would talk to the kids about life. Like, all right, well, let's let's bullshit a little bit. Let's talk. Those are my my favorite memories is having conversations with kids. I couldn't focus in the class. But what you did was like, all right, here's my shit. I'm going to beat the system now. Like I'm going to figure out my own way to do it. And that's a cool thing is we going back to when we first started talking, like my kids love the the instant lattes they, they do and i like i didn't think i was going to do this as like a commercial but i really they really legitimately love it and i'll like i'll give a, a shout out to the instant coffee too like instant coffee is not something i would say oh yeah i'm gonna enjoy instant coffee like i really enjoy the process of you know like going for a pour over for coffee but for me it's a different 
it's a different feeling you get. It's it's more of like gradual boost in energy. And there's this level of focus that comes along with it. And no bullshit. I'm not like, you know, you didn't ask me to say anything like this, but I do feel this it's a it's a more present focus that I have while I'm drinking this coffee. So I just wanted to give a shout out to it as well. I and I enjoyed it. It tastes really good as well. Thanks, man. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. I I, I it's it started a really long time ago. And it's gotten really good. And there are a lot of great benefits to, you know, it being instant coffee. I was new to instant coffee when I started strong coffee. You know, I had, I had used instant coffee like in London or like, you know, where like throughout Europe or something or, you know, go to Asia or whatever. Um, and when the original strong coffee in 2013, when I initially tried starting it, uh, is also the same time that like my whole family, you know, started my daughter's born, my dad passes away. Like there was a lot happening at that time. So it just didn't work out at that time, but it was a, it was a a creamer product that you put into coffee because I loved coffee. Like I am, I became a fan of coffee. So a lot of people, when I, you know, came out with an instant coffee product, they were like, bro, when are you going to come up with beans, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'd, I always would tell them like, like, look, like I'm like the, the bean market, there's problems with it. And I didn't know it until I looked into instant coffee and it's like instant coffee is going to have, you know, there's not going to be problems with mold in it right? Like the, the, the shelf life and sustainability of it, like over the course of time, fresh beans that are like thrown away. And then like, ultimately coffee as great as it is. Like you said, this, you notice like a better experience than traditional coffee. And if you do love pour over, right? Because like, that's what I loved doing. Yeah. I kind of like the methodic idea of creating this perfect spiral where I would like hit the beans, like just perfectly like this, like Asian garden thing. Right. Yeah. I just apply that to the powder in the bottom of the cup. I put the powder in the bottom of the cup and I just sit there and I just, I have one of these like, you know, tea kettles with the gooseneck. So you just really tip it. And I just, it's like a perfect stream of water and I just fill it up. And when you do it that way, you don't even have to stir it. It like mixes it. Yeah. So easily. Um, so I, I found that the transition of like my love for traditional coffee with the development of redeveloping strong coffee for it to be a product that I felt like was built for the future and more so, and, and, and easier to like, like not easier, but uh, there's nothing about selling instant coffee has been easy in like a, a snobby kind of coffee culture. Right. So it's really like reshifting the thought process of why it is that you love coffee, which like the taste. Okay. We got it. We have great taste focus. It could be way better with coffee and our coffee among beyond anybody else's coffee has an ingredient called neurofactor. And neurofactor is a clinically proven studied ingredient uh, that increases an essential neural protein in your brain by almost 200%. And that neural protein, that, that BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factors, is a number, is like the number that they look at for neurological 
and cognitive, like neuro, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, any types of, you know, those types of diseases, that is like a biomarker that they look at. And in the United States, our BDNF is like super low, right? right? It's like an average uh, amongst population and our likelihood of, you know, Alzheimer's is, you know, neurological disease of some sort is much higher than say like a here than say like in a place in India where their likelihood of that problem, neurological disorder is much lower and their BDNF is much higher. So that's like the correlation that they have. And we got this product uh, in it that nobody else can, you know, use in coffee. And it actually comes from the coffee berry itself, which is fucking crazy, right? Like the coffee berry has a bean in it that we've been drinking since the 14th century, but we've been throwing away this berry. I had no idea there was a berry associated with this whatsoever. Right? Who fucking knows that? Dude, who the fuck knows that? Exactly. Right? So what's crazy about it is that pulp, the extract of that coffee berry, that pulp, when extracted in a very special process, which is what Neurofactor, this, you know, trademarked ingredient does that no other coffee berry has, is the ability to clinically prove and say like, hey, this extract, the way we do this from this coffee berry, which is where the bean comes from. I mean, again, so it's like the berry is the most potent source of polyphenols on the planet. Polyphenols are what increase this neuroprotein. Coffee bean has the highest source of caffeine of any product, any organic material on the planet. It is no coincidence that the two came, that they came from one another. It's like CBD and THC, right? And like in certain like they're like these like entourage, like these like miracle plant things that exist where it's like, oh my God, it's not just about the bean. It was about the berry, but they've just been throwing away that shit. So like, we've been just throwing away 50% of a perfectly good plant. And we're like, whoa, hold on a second. Let's repurpose that. So we reuse, so we use 50% more of the plant. So we don't waste plants. Right. And our product is sitting on a shelf for two years where a regular coffee can sit for like three to six months without going back. How did you how did you come to that realization with the berry from the from the plant? Like where did where did that come from? Did you go to a field and say, what the fuck is going on here? No. Um I was I was looking at how we could go deeper with coffee. And so like when I see strong coffee company, what I, I don't see us only having coffee, right? Like meaning like only the shit you can drink, right? I think that the plant, the berry and the bean can have like all sorts of cool functional uses as a way to get the energy and the benefits the, you know, different things. So in that I was like looking at pictures of coffee beans. And as I'm typing in bean, berry is like four down. And I'm like, what's a coffee berry? And I like click on it. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like this is wild. I'm like coffee berries are what make coffee beans. I'm reading about this coffee berry and my background is in 
sports performance and nutrition, right? So one of the things that I know from reading a lot of nutritional books is that, and like kind of like some of them maybe, you know, foo-foo-y kind of nutritional like science, but they say that brighter fruits and vegetables have different levels and higher levels of antioxidants. And this berry is bright red, right? Like super red. And what is like 90% of all the vegetables that we eat in America? What color is it? They're green. Building men of character, integrity, strength, compassion, and empathy through coaching, mentoring, professional development, facilitation, and motivational speaking is our mission here at Building Men to work with me. Information is in the show notes on our website at buildingmen.io, or you can send me an email at buildingmencoach at gmail.com. We are here to help you become the strongest version of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Now, back to the show. Right. So we don't get a lot of antioxidants from, we don't get an array of antioxidants from our vegetable intake. And I think like two thirds of our common vegetable all come from like the mustard seed, right? So they have like very similar genetics. So we're not getting like a plethora of micronutrients either. And micronutrient density in our soil is like 96% deficient like since like world war two or some shit. Right. Like, and that's why like regenerative farming is essential and regenerative meats and paying $12 a pound for meat might be something you fucking have to do. If you want the planet to be a certain way, you know, in 20 years. Um, and that's not me saying, I believe in climate change. Right. I'm not like jumping on that side. I'm just saying like, yo, we need to take care of our fucking right. soil. So when I look at the berry, and I find this berry, I'm like, all right, like, is anybody else doing this? Is anybody else thinking this way? And there was nothing. And I started looking up different co- coffee berries. And then I f- found this neurofactor white paper, which is a medical study. And I read this medical study and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, this is a real medical study on this type of extraction process of this pulp from this berry. And, um, I hit up the company they were like very not easy to work with in the sense that like they weren't accepting certain things. I ended up getting in just in time and the trademark and the product got bought by a pharmaceutical company. And I got grandfathered in to be able to use the trademark name of the product and the white paper studies that back the, it was just kind of like perfect timing and we put it in all of our coffee blends because i believe in whole coffee plant science which is a term that i came up with to kind of explain you know the importance of the entire plant of coffee is the missing the missing equation to what it is that we actually expect from coffee is that coffee is going to help us actually get shit done and that it's going to like make us smarter right like like you hear people say all the time, I can't think I don't have coffee. Right. Well, if you could drink a cup of coffee that not only gives you magnitude, but it gives you direction and 
greater capacity for cognitive development, like learning new tasks faster. Well, like that's to me what coffee should be like, yeah. right? In my head. I mean, people fiend over coffee and yet it's really like in my eyes, kind of a bad drug deal. You know, it's like the first hit was free a long time ago and you just keep on buying the same dog shit, you know, yet there is a better like drug out there for you, a performance tool, right? For you, there's a better coffee for you. You just kind of have to maybe remove your temporary ideals of what you think coffee is to step into something new. Right. Right. There's ashwagandha in, in this. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I, I, I've taken it before as a supplement. My brother, who's who's a co-host on, the, co-host on the podcast every once in a while, swears by it. So tell us a little bit about the benefits of, of ashwagandha. Yeah, so ashwagandha is, a, is an adaptogen. Um, it's a, a plant that they'll use like roots and like the leaves of and grind them up. Um not all ashwagandha is created equally though. So we use an ashwagandha strand called KSM 66, which is like a pure um, ashwagandha. They don't use like any of the byproduct of the plant, like to like fill it that has like lower amounts. And then they treat the, they treat the roots of the plant in a, uh, in our like, in our latte version, we do a plant treatment, you know, with like a, a, a dairy solvent. There's no dairy left in it, but it's just like the idea that uh, they like soak it to like remove certain enzymes that would be negative. And so then like what it does for us, I'm kind of going a little deeper than you probably wanted, but it's a plant guys. And it reduces stress. <laughs> there we go. Um, it, it helps your body fight cortisol. Um, and in the amount that we use because KSM 66 is treated in the way that I was saying is it's far more potent. So when you look at like hundred milligrams of KSM 66, it's equivalent to 300 milligrams of ashwagandha which studies would show that that would reduce cortisol by 18 to 20% in your body. So this is giving us that boost of energy. It's giving us the focus, the long-term cognitive ability, and it's helping reduce stress in one space. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, yeah, like I said, I loved watching like Mrs. Greer, my math teacher, stress out about in fourth grade, waiting for her next cigarette or a cup of coffee, right? Like I could see when she would go from being a normal person, normal person to a person who needed, you know, another fix of sorts, right? You can see it in people all over the place. The common workspace is high stress. You're under shitty lighting. You're not getting sunlight. You're not getting activity. BDNF goes up when you take walks and eat healthy food. Like, but the average American walks less than 20 minutes a day, right? They're walking from their bed to their bathroom, to the, you know, to the cafeteria, to their car back, you know, like it's very, you know, proximal, right? So yeah, it's little journeys to go sit on their ass. It's little journeys to go sit on their ass. So when I looked at all those things, I was looking at 
one cup of coffee that would just kind of hit on all those points, like better skin, right? Using hyaluronic acid and collagen because you're dehydrated, like 76% of America, we, we have, we had magnesium, potassium and Himalayan sea salt, right? You know, we, we, because you lack focus, you know, and you need to get a lot of shit done. There's caffeine, L-theanine, neural factor, right? All packed in there. And because you're running out of time and you're running out of money, right? And all these other things and you got stress, you know, we put adaptogens in it. So um, the way I drink strong coffee is I have a latte in the morning and then I have a couple black in the afternoon, right? And because the black cup of coffee has two times the amount of adaptogens that our latte has, right? So it's like, that's kind of like jumpstart my day with my proteins, healthy fats, energy, all the things I need. And then if I need a cup of coffee later on, sometime before two o'clock, because I drink my first cup of coffee at 5 a.m. Yeah, same. I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a ritualistic thing. Uh, to me, I, it's a great way to start the day. And I'm going to, I'm I'll, I'll take your advice. I'll switch over to the latte in the morning. I'll give it a shot. I have a couple of the latte packets left. I'll give it a shot. Um, you mentioned Adam watching Mrs. Greer. Was she, was she a good looking teacher? Was she, did she, was no. she something to look at? No, no. So <laughs> it was just your research on the caffeine and, and cigarette thing. I had a teacher when I was in third grade, her name is Mrs. Byers. And she was, I re- recognize it right now as you were talking. She was my first crush. Mrs. Byers wow. in third grade. She's Quake Elementary School in Old Bridge, New Jersey. I really, she was a good looking teacher. I think that's when I first started to recognize like, huh, there's something going on here at an early age. I mean, trust me, in fourth grade, there was Mrs. Honeyager and she was hot. That's the one. I, I even made my parents go to her family's restaurant so I could see her <laughs> when she was hostessing. I was like, yo, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to get her to come to the dance with me. I'm like fourth grade, you know, this is uh, honey Yeager. This is honey Yeager. Um, so, uh, no man. Uh, it, it's interesting. Like the whole, like Mrs. Greer, it, I was just a very observant kid. Like yeah. I loved shows like Columbo and fancied myself to be very investigative, observant in certain ways that I was like figuring people out and that skill like came in handy. I mean, I, when, you know, I was 16, I was like named assistant manager at the store I was working at. And, you know, I was like one of the best paper boys come like Christmas time when I'm handing out calendars, which like the journal would give me, you know, all the calendars for free. And I go out and hand them out. Like my tip money at that, at, at that time of year was always amazing. And then best buy, I was like Mr. Salesman because I could just kind of like figure people out, like what they were, what their needs were like body language, uh, you know, turning their feet out was like something that I like paid attention to, like, like a young age. Um, Cause like at a young age, I'm doing martial arts and you watch body language, you know? So you're, if I see somebody's toe step out left, that means that they're either going left or they're coming with a right kick or, you know? Um, so it was kind of interesting as that kind of like that same like mentality of yeah. observing somebody kind of progressed forward into kind of watching a lot of people. And 
I feel like with strong coffee, it was me observing people dealing with almost like a, a problem that was created, which was people putting a lot of shit in their coffee in the morning or just trying to get a lot more done. And I saw like this overly complex thing that I was doing that everybody was doing around me because either A, influence from me or B, influence from somebody else promoting putting shit in their coffee or whatever. That just like simplifying the process was me just like reading the room. Yeah. And, you know, I was the first like person to do a instant latte, like inclusive product, like in the health field. And now there's like, a couple of companies that are, you know, doing it. And uh, when I started it by my own investors, they said that they didn't think I'd be competitive in coffee yet. Here we are globally in whole foods in the coffee section and competitive. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, it's, it's a cool journey, man. And, and even the, the perseverance that came along with it, like you had a spot in 2013 where you started and you weren't successful initially. And I'm sure at that time you're like, fuck everything else that's going on in my life. This was another thing. But that perseverance, like when you came back to it, somebody's like, wait, you want to you want to call it strong coffee? That has to be taken already. And you're like, yeah, it is by me. I was the one who yeah. did it seven, eight years ago. And now I'm ready to like push my chips into the middle of the table. Before we get back to that, I want to I'd love to hear your thoughts around. I mentioned I was a middle school principal, right? And so I'm, I was fascinated with the developmental characteristics of young men. And I don't believe that the school systems are set up to help young men find success. They're just not is the the way that, you know, we run schools or in this antiquated way. What could schools do differently? What what would have helped you be a better student, be more successful? Like in that time frame when you're 12, 13 years old, what could have schools done differently to help you? Yeah, man. Um, I think like, obviously looking at it now uh, with like what I know now is that the importance of understanding that there are multiple ways people learn um, verbally and then, or, you know, like visually, like the two in combination, right? Uh, I think that the educational system definitely has to be better at delivering a syllabus that works for all people or finding a way to maybe categorize people into groups, uh, classes that are more verbally based or, you know, visually based. Uh, I learned this when I was in uh, sophomore year, I wasn't doing well in school throughout my freshman year. And that was like when I made the switch from like Adderall to coffee and F, and at first I was like leaning on that was like why I wasn't doing well. And that wasn't it. I just, it wasn't like hitting. So then I had this teacher, Mrs. Grahowski, um, rest in peace. She is like a person that, uh, her and Mrs. Cernovich, they like helped me recognize like what I needed. So in class, I didn't take notes anymore. I got their notes. So they had to provide me notes and I got to read them, you know, after watching them talk about it and I didn't have to write notes down. Right. Because the minute I'm like writing some shit down that somebody's saying to me, it's just like, I'm yep. not, you're losing it. it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Right. Selfishly, you know, that's me just kind of breaking down like teachers, if you're hearing that, 
Like, make sure that you understand that. Like, my daughter has dyslexia. And somebody said that she was not good at math. And it's like, then she had a teacher that recognized, no, actually, she is good at math. She just, like, reverses numbers. Because, like, when she's seven times three, I asked her, she goes 21. But when she wrote down an answer, she said 12. Right? And it's like, so to have good teachers make students' lives, like, you know, as a father, I don't think that like kids, you know, they're like perfect. We're like the ones that kind of like fuck them up. <laughs> right. Like I've tried to not fuck up my kids as much as possible and just be like an influence doing my life and like supporting them in like feeding them and making sure they don't die. Right. Because like, if I touch it too much, I might break it. You know, <laughs> um, but I think that they need to do a lot more physical stuff with children. Agreed. I think it needs to be way more hands-on. It needs to be, I think it needs to be more timely. Like I see my kids learning how to count like money and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I'm like, you should be learning. You should be learning cryptocurrency and coding and learning how to use numbers in a way that is built for the future like programming a machine to, you know, say a word, right? Like things that all can be done on the computer. I think like things that are a lot, like a little bit more relevant and just a lot more movement. Like how yep. are we not, how are we not allowing kids to move three hours of like set, like the, the educational system, correct me if I'm wrong, was kind of built to like develop factory workers, right? Absolutely. Like, 100%. Okay. So factory workers are just not really a thing that we're developing anymore. So we should probably stop sitting people at their little factory desks, our little people in our, in our little lives and in our, you know, and like make sure that they're out there, you know, doing things that, you know, feed their soul, their body and their mind. Um, Cause it's a fucking shame, man. Like I, I'm like, you get to play 30 minutes a day or whatever, you know, it's like. And sometimes not even. And and there's a mandate of how much physical education kids get over the course of a week. And it's something like 150 minutes over the course of one week that they get that. And, and I believe like there should be recess in every school, everywhere, middle school, high school, there should be recess. Kids need to get outside. There needs to be so much more movement in schools. And I believe like we need to rewrite the whole thing that we're doing with curriculum, take out the, those antiquated things that every kid needs to learn the periodic table. You don't like if you're, if you have that propensity, sure. Like if you're trying to create something or like, why do kids need to read every single, you know, all the, these, these literature thing it's just let's reinvent it let's think about communication let's think about your you got so much out of working at best buy with your martial arts background about body language let's let's have let's talk about like let's incorporate how do you read people's body language how do you communicate how do you how do you manage conflict how do you understand how to be assertive in a in a conversation without being a dick like those yeah. are the things that we need to talk about. How do you work in a group? How do you work in a, in a group dynamic situation? Those are the things we need to be doing in education. Um, well, but it, it takes people like to have the balls to say like, let's do this. One, well, especially in my opinion, I believe that the educational system really failed with not having a proper introduction, reintroduction of social component um, post COVID 
where they, the educational system, what they should have probably have done is give these kids like an adjusted school schedule for like, I don't know, turn that like activity time up to like 220 minutes, right? A week to reacclimate children and like get them really like, right? And creating as many opportunities within schooling to have joint collaborations. Um, you know, you have all the time in the world to do homework at home by yourself or whatever. Like the kids like should have very little like isolated time from one another because that's not the real world, right? Like when you're working on a company, like my girl, my girls, they, they see me build strong coffee. I mean, they, the way they talk dude, it's fucking hilarious. You know I mean? They serve coffee like an adult, you know I mean? They, they sell like arrow handles, the cash register at seven years old. I mean, she's, she's been doing it since she was five. Yeah. You know I mean? We've traveled around the country numerous times as a family serving a, coffee at an Aspen or like wherever, and just kind of jumping into shows or, you know, figuring out ways to grill a market as a small family company. And, uh, when I hear their teachers talk to us about them to give us feedback, it's amazing because like they are doing so well. And the only feedback they have is the exact kind of feedback, like negative feedback is the exact kind of negative feedback I would want. Like, oh, she's got a lot of ideas and she's very like, I'm like, excellent. Good. You know, and she's, and she's always like checking in on other people, you know, and being like, oh, I really like that. You know, it's like, great. You know, cause you see that as a problem, her getting out of her desk. I see that as a solution, you know, and my daughter, you know, is they're both so much like me in a certain way that it's almost kind of like in a way it was, it's a little painful to see it because like, I know the troubles that they're going to go through going through school, unless they get teachers that really understand them, they cannot sit still, you know, they are both ants full in pants, moving, tapping, grooving, doodling, all the things that you are not supposed to be doing when you're learning. Uh, both of my kids are like standing on the back of the couch, watching TV. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and think about it. Those are the kids that, teachers that they feel uncomfortable with because they're not compliant and totally. sit down, shut up, get in your row, like raise your hand. And, and my daughter, my daughter, arrow she'll straight up. If, if, a if an adult is being disrespectful, my daughter arrow will like match her energy at like six years old. She stood up for her sister when they took their first martial arts class. And this like instructor was from what my wife said was just being a total bitch and was a, my wife was about to step in and arrows. Like she said, her name was Azalea. She's like, you don't have to be rude, you know? And, and I'm like, hell yeah. You know? Cause I don't want my kids being anybody's, you know, yeah, like, like a doormat, like, right? They're like, and, yeah. and that's the thing too. The the kids that were seen as like the good kids were the ones that sat up straight, had the really good penmanship, and did their homework every night. But those are the ones that would go and just follow along with whatever the leader in the organization would do. What we need to do is find ways to help kids become leaders. And that might be to challenge the system a little bit. That might be to not stand in line and to and to sit up straight all the time. It's it's bucking back against things that you don't believe in and having the courage and the confidence with the support of the adult figures in your life. 
So I, I, I love that portion of it. And just for your girls to be a part of watching you overcome and successfully build a business that's helping other people. It's a really cool thing to do as a father. And it's, it's one of those things like they're watching what you do. They're not listening to what you say. It's like, what are the things that you're doing that they see you as this strong masculine figure in their life, overcoming and helping other people. So all the credit in the world, my man, I think that's, that's absolutely tremendous. Yeah, man. I hope that's how they see it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think they do. You know, it's, it's, uh, Azalea's after we spent a month in the van traveling throughout Colorado, serving coffee and living out of the van, she like fell in love with strong coffee in a different way. And it's funny because she literally steals my wife's shirts and wears all her strong coffees, you know, shirts and, and is always talking about strong coffee now. So it's, it's pretty funny. That is awesome, man. One of the things that you said on, I, I was listening recently to a podcast that you were on and the term that you use that I just, I need to to ask you about was something you talk to your own people in your company about, and it's being violently disciplined. And, yeah. and like hearing that, I thought that was really cool. I'd never heard it said in that way before. Talk to just a, just a little bit about that idea. Where did, where did that come from? What does it mean to you? We were in a text thread and this was... This was like a, like a month and a half ago or two months ago. If you kind of look at my social media, you'll start seeing that I started posting photos with my, like my shirt off or something, you know, and, uh, and you're fucking ripped, dude. You're a unit. <laughs> 40 baby. Yeah, dude. It's um, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. It's, uh, people said it would, what, you know, when I was younger, everybody's like, when you're 40, the, 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 I was like, fuck off. It's possible. You know? I'm 45. I'm going to be 46 in a month. I, you know, I feel better than I did 10 years ago. There we go. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel better. I'm, I'm on that trend too. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're in this text thread and I started working out hard again. And like my younger, I have like employee, you know, Caleb, he's, you know, young, right. I, you know, Cullen, he's young, you know, uh, Mike, like everybody's like under 30, right? That works, that works for me. Yeah. And they, they were like commenting on me looking like jacked and like, kind of like rooting me on, you know, like no way you're 40 bullshit, you know? And I, I was talking about how focused we need to be and there's a book called like meditations of Vi on violence that I read. Um, and I, I just kind of said in the, in the thread, like I just said, like be violently disciplined and they all kind of hearted it. And what I meant by it, like they all knew what it meant by, by like the way the conversation thread was going. Yeah. But effectively, attack shit. Like be, like I believe that fighting truly does solve everything. And because like, you gotta fucking be, you, you just gotta punch things until they stop punching you back, right? Like it's, it, and and, and that's me going to the gym. That's me like getting at my computer. That's like, I am just punching in a way that I am not trying to make it to the next round, right? Like 
I'm trying not to, for it to be a next round. And it, you know, and, and, and ultimately like, I want my guys to think that way. Like I tell them all the time, I'm like, fuck, fucking head down, dig. Like I, like, this is not like, you do not see me not at trade shows, right? Like five years later, globally launched CEO is still sitting at every trade show. It's like fucking attack it because if it is something you truly want, yep. you have to be like violent. Like you have to, you know, and I took this course by Tim Kennedy uh, called Sheepdog. And he talks about the three things, right? That are determine the winner of a, of a conflict, of a fight, right? It's speed. I'm fast, right? It's surprise. You'll never see me coming, right? And it's level of violence that determines the winner. Speed, surprise, and level of violence. Well, I'm willing to be that much more violent than most people in my daily actions, right? Like I am willing to push harder and go harder. While somebody else is taking fucking vacation, I'm fucking pushing, right? And that is something that has given me and Strong Coffee the ability to still be here in a bootstrap company for five years and weather COVID and the crazy shit that we saw. I mean, people don't know this, but the coffee, cost of coffee went up like a hundred percent. Like we didn't reflect that in the pricing, you know, like we were told we weren't gonna be able to get coffee for seven months. It's like, we, I figured that shit out. Right. Like it's just one fight after the next and faster and, you know, violence. <laughs> I it's, it, it holds true to so many different things in life. Like if you're an athlete, um, if you're in business, if whatever it is that's in front of you to have that idea, you people understand, I need to have the discipline to go along with it. And I, I need to have the daily habits, but it's like adding the word violently into it. It just, it adds this level of emotion to that's what you need to be Rocky against fucking clubber Lang and Rocky three after he lost the first time. Like yeah. you're, you're like, you're not going to lost so many fucking times that, Dude, I, I just got to fucking punch as hard as I can every single time. Like, because like the amount of losses you take, like you better be baseball minded if you're going to be an entrepreneur, right? Super coffee, right? Loses a million dollars a month trying to do what they do, right? Companies are just losing millions of dollars a month. We don't lose money. It's like, I'm picking my punches and I'm fucking hitting home runs. Right. And it's like, they not, they may not be like taking me to the world series. Right. I may not be the biggest brand out there, but I will be. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Believe fucking me. Cause I didn't try to get there fast. I'm, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going the path less traveled. Right. I'm, I'm hitting the pavement. Like I'm blazing the trail and that's my surprise. Right. Doing something that nobody is going to see us come into it. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and uh, and having a having a cup of coffee with you. Uh, dude, it's been a pleasure. So and, b- uh, before I ask my last question, Adam, tell us yes. um tell us where like how do we get in touch with you? Like tell us all the social stuff. How do we find you? I'll put it on the show notes, but where can we find you? Yeah, uh, me at von Rothfelder, long German name, and then uh, the more important thing though is Strong Coffee Company. 
Yep. Uh, so check us out at Strong Coffee Company. I always tell people, remember the company because it's what you keep, right? So um, it's important that people understand that. And Strong, if I didn't say it before, I'm saying it again, stands for striving to reach our natural greatness because I feel like this is all what we want. We want to be great. And it takes time and energy to get there. And it's been awesome sharing this hour and this time and energy with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Final question is, if somebody is listening to this episode, Adam, and they press pause right now, there's something that they can do. One thing that they can do right now that'll change the, the course of their life, the trajectory. What's that one thing? <laughs> Damn, drink strong coffee, man. What the fuck? What else do you think it is? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, wake up early, right? There you go. Get All right. Wake fuck. up early. You got the get the latte essentials going. WTFU, uh, wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up. Love it. This is a good time, my man. Building an audience, go one step further than you thought you could go. We'll see you next time on Building Man. <laughs>